Welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson. I'm here to encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for joining in. Today's podcast is sponsored by Cunningham Financial Group. John Cunningham is a friend of mine and a brother in Christ, and he can help you with financial decisions and future planning. He's been a big help to me and my family, and I commend him to you. You can reach him at 205 213-1720. I am so thankful you're here, so let's get started. So you may already know this from past episodes, but I'm quite the math nerd. I've always enjoyed numbers, and they work their way into a lot of what I do. So I almost titled today's episode 15 or 60. Now, I know that doesn't mean anything to you yet, but hopefully very soon it will, and I will be asking you a question. Are you a 15 or are you a 60? And while I didn't go with that because I realized it was kind of ambiguous and odd, I have done it before, and in some ways this episode with these numbers reminds me of one that I shared with you way back in September of 2019. That one was called 90 or 52, and yes, we went with the numbers in the title, and it took you back to the study of the book of Nehemiah. Ultimately, you have to decide, are you a 90 or are you a 52? Do you remember the story from back in the Old Testament? Nehemiah found out that back home in Jerusalem, the city walls had been left in shambles For 90 years. 90 years. They just stepped over it. Nehemiah finds out about this, travels home to Jerusalem, rallies up the troops. He gets them to admit that there is a problem. He gets them to agree on a solution. He convinces them to work together and stop for nothing. And what they did not do in 90 years they were able to accomplish in 52 days. I love that letter and that concept, and it comes up often in my teaching. Are you someone who waits a really, really long time, maybe your whole life leaving something undone that you could have accomplished in less than two months? Now, in that episode, I'm hoping that you will pick the shorter time period. But today... It's the opposite. Today, you're asked to choose from a smaller number or a larger one, and I hope that you find a way to choose the greater number. Okay, enough reminiscing and nostalgia. I need to share with you a 1957 Harvard study done on a bunch of Norwegian rats. Yeah, you heard all that right. I have this friend on Facebook who only shares strange and interesting stories and photos, and last week he shared this story, and I jumped in on Google and read, I don't know, 10 articles about it, verifying some facts, and now I would love to share it with you. Yes, it's about rats and drowning, actually, and there will be a number question, but behind it all is today's title, The Hope Experiment, The Impact of 
hopefulness in even the most desperate of situations. Okay, so here's what happened. And yes, rats were harmed in the making of this experiment, not, however, the making of this episode, if that helps. Researchers accumulated two groups of rats. The first were wild, non-domesticated. They just went out in the fields and caught them. They had never been in cages before or captured or any of that. And one at a time, they placed these wild rats in tubes filled with water to evaluate how long they would keep swimming before they gave up and drowned. 34 rats later, they came up with an average number, 15 minutes. Certainly, they had the physiological ability to last longer than that, but never having been confined in total and sheer panic, they just gave up one after the other. So the other group of rats were, I guess you would call, domesticated. They had been raised in the laboratory. They were used to being in tubes and cages and being fed by researchers. So they ran the exact same experiment on a dozen of those otherwise identical rats to the ones from before. So let me just ask you, how long do you think those domesticated rats were able to keep swimming before they finally gave up and drowned. I mean, I gave you a big hint because I told you I almost titled this thing 15 or 60. So I guess the answer could be 60 seconds. But I also told you that today I hope you choose the larger number. So it has to be more than 15 minutes. Was it 60 minutes Four times as long? No. It was much longer than that. These rats were able to keep swimming up to 60 hours before giving up. That's two and a half days of constant effort. A full 240 times as long as the rats that had been captured from the wild. So from those results, they began to form a hypothesis that would need testing. They believed, and rightly so, that the difference was psychological. It was mental, not physical. All of the rats had the same capabilities. You may have even argued that those out in the wild were stronger and better swimmers. Instead, they reasoned that mentally there was a fundamental difference. And this became known as the HOPE experiment. The wild rats had no idea what was happening. They were panicking. They were sure it was over. There was no hope, and so they just gave up very early. The domesticated rats were used to being put into things and out of things and moved from one to the other and fed by researchers and so they believed that at some point they might be saved. So they went on a long time. I don't know the full details of the experiment, but I hope they rewarded a few and actually saved them. Now, that's a really interesting theory, and it makes for an interesting take on a podcast episode, but how would you go about testing that? 
Could you take the domesticated rats and somehow get them to forget that they could be saved? To erase their memories of being fed and see if they would drown faster? No, you can't really do that. So they turned their focus to the wild rats. Would you need to put them in a cage and feed them or move them around for an hour or a day or a year in order to convince them that there was some larger source than themselves that could save them? Well, you might be surprised to learn it did not take that long at all. In fact, just the tiniest infusion of hope in a small rat brain made a huge difference. So here's how that worked. And again, totally inhumane. No defense for me for this, but it happened and we have these results and I want you to know them. They put the wild rats into the tube, knowing that they would not last 15 minutes. Sometimes short of the 15 minutes, they would take the rat out of the tube. They would save it. They would set it to the side, allow it to calm down and rest, and then put it right back in the tube. I want you to get this, and then we will talk about some application. From just that one moment of being spared, once placed back in the tube, they also would tread water for 40, 50, and even 60 hours. Isn't it incredible, even in a tiny little mind, what just one brief glimpse of hope can do to transform your mind and translate to effort? That became known as the Hope Experiment, and while I do have some application thoughts for you, there'll be no more talk of rats or tubes or water or drowning, but there will be talk of how hope, even for a moment, even from one person, can completely change your mental state and allow you to hold to press on, to fight, to succeed in a way that was never possible before. I want to very briefly break this down into three things for you to consider about your own life and then allow me to turn that attention to others. First of all, there can be no striving, no true purpose to invigorate the soul without the hope of God in your life. God is a giver of great promises and a provider of mercy, and the hope of God does not disappoint. It is not always God who puts you in the tube or asks you to tread water, but however you got into that situation, whatever that burden might be, guilt or shame or monetary demise, or marital struggles, or whatever it is, however you got there, the one thing that can keep you going is realizing that the hope of God does not disappoint. Romans 5 talks about that. There are trials. There are struggles. So many people give up. They just let it all happen. They watch it all fall apart. But those of us who have put our hope in the Creator God, 
and who believe in the redemptive power of Jesus and who have already experienced that restoration and hope at some point in our past from God, we can channel that and use it and grab onto it and we can press on until the end. Please make God's assurances and promises and redemption that you've already experienced when you could have just drowned. He could have left you, but he didn't. Use that to know that his hand is in play. And no matter how long it takes, no matter how hard it is, he will not let you drown. He will save you again. So first and foremost, let the hope of God make you 240 times stronger than you would have been without him. But I also believe that you can take a moment and look to yourself. Hopelessness oftentimes is connected with a lack of self-belief. I'm overwhelmed. I'm defeated. There's nothing I can do to make this better. I'll just give up. People do that a lot. And they often sell themselves short. I want you to think back to previous times in your life when it looked like it was all over, when it was all going to fall apart, but you found some strength in you and you were able to pull yourself through. Of course, God was at play. He's the great power, but there you were making the effort and you were saved. You were spared. You got through it. Please don't forget that that happened. You are capable of that. This time it may take longer. This time it may be harder. But that experience prepared you for this one. You believed in yourself before. This time the circumstances may be different. But so are you. You're stronger now. You have hope in God and confidence in yourself. And then thirdly on this list, please don't forget the times when someone else in your life, not you, not directly God, but someone in this life lifted you out of that water. Someone in this life gave you hope, loved you, was there for you. You relied on them and would not have made it without them, and there they were to say that encouraging word, to go out of their way, to get you through. Didn't that make all the difference in the world? So maybe here you are now. I mentioned some things earlier in your family or in your business or financial life or with your body or maybe even in your faith, and you feel like this is different, this is longer. This is too much. I am too tired. Please, in soul and in mind, remember the hope that you found in your friends, the hope that you found in people who love you and went out of their way to be there for you and go and find them again. And if you can't get to them right now, because you are right in the middle of treading this water and you just have no opportunity yet to do it, then keep treading because they are there for you and they are coming to help you. And that's all part of God's design as well. So I guess today's episode may not be for everyone. Maybe it's just for the people who are barely able to keep their head above water. 
They don't know how they got themselves into this. Maybe they accidentally stepped off in the tube. Maybe they filled it with water on their own. Maybe the devil's at work. Perhaps it's some testing of God. And you think you're going to give up. You can't last. If that's where you are, hope is what you need. We sometimes define it, we preachers. We like to put things in terms of definition as desiring something and expecting it. Hope is desire plus expectation. I'm good with that, but I don't like the technical nature of it. Instead, to me, today, hope is belief. True belief. Belief in God. That He sees and He cares and He will help you. Belief in yourself. That you are strong and you are faithful, and you can do this. You've done it before. And faith and belief in your friends, in the people who will put themselves in harm's way to extend their hand, to grab yours, and to get you into a place of safety and peace. I hope you thank God for them every day. Okay, last thing, and I told you I wanted to turn the attention away from you to others. Maybe you are someone who is not presently in that situation. You are in a place of peace. You're not in a current stage of great crisis. What a wonderful thing if that's where you are in this life. But trust me when I tell you, there is someone in your life right now who is drowning. It may be a stranger that you just saw in the supermarket or someone who lives under your own roof, when you see them hurting, when you see them in despair, take a moment, even the briefest of moments, in full sincerity and somehow let them know that God sees them and that he wants to bless them. Somehow help them see that they are strong and that they have conditioned themselves to handle this, and please make sure they know that your hand is extended to them, that even if they feel powerless on their own and they don't know where to find God, they can find you, and you will be a hope and a light to them. So listen, whether it's you or someone you love or someone you just met, when the water is rising and your energy is being spent, and you're thinking about giving up, don't. Hope not only helps, it never disappoints. It unlocks something in you hundreds of times greater than you thought possible. And if you're looking for real, tangible evidence to prove it, don't forget the hope experiment. Thank you so much for joining in today. I certainly hope you feel encouraged in your faith. If you are in search of new and exciting ways to share that faith with the young people whom God has put in your life, remember to visit creationtorevelation.com. They have beautifully illustrated stories to help you share the Word of God. And right now, through the end of July, you can enter the promo code Excel Still More and get 10% off. And remember this, whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.